Welcome to the Social Sunshine Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Crossan, and I'm here to help you build a brand, make an impact, and have some fun on social media. I'm the owner of Fun Love Media, a social media management and content creation agency in Houston, Texas. I'm a wife, a mom of two, and when I'm not working or with my family, you can find me on my Peloton bike, dancing in my Instagram stories, or cuddled up with wine watching The Real Housewives. Please know that this show could include some grown-up language here or there. Let's get started. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Social Sunshine Podcast, episode 71. I am your host, Brittany Cross, and what is up? Welcome to another episode. It's another good one. You know it always is. My guest is Jennifer Spivak. She is coming up in just a little bit, and she is educating us on Facebook ads, like some major education, which... I can always use. Ads are not my specialty. Content creation is my specialty. So I really love listening to her and learning from her and um, being inspired by by her journey. So that's coming up here in a few minutes. First and foremost, we have to take care of some housekeeping. Okay, so I need you to rate and review the show if you listen to it on iTunes. If you have an Apple device, most likely you listen to the show on iTunes. Maybe not. But if you do, please go and rate the show. We love a five-star rating and write a little review, like two sentences, like take 30 seconds, maybe 60 if you're like really digging deep for the right words. That is going to make a really big difference for the show. I mean, obviously we all know that reviews help, you know, like a potential listener could read reviews to see if they want to listen or not. But it also helps the show be more visible on iTunes and really have uh, be seen more and it helps our ratings and everything. So please, please go do that. And if you listen to the show on a platform that does not have that kind of, you know, rating and reviewing option, just go to the Facebook page and leave a review. That would be amazing. Just search Social Sunshine Podcast on Facebook and leave your review there. That would be so awesome and so appreciated. And one final way that would be really great for you to help us spread the word of the show so that we can go from thousands of listeners to millions of listeners, and we will, is to share in your Instagram stories. Like right now, while you're listening, take a screenshot with your phone and then share that screenshot in your Instagram stories and tag me and the show. Okay, so the show on Instagram is at The Social Sunshine Podcast and I am at Brittany Crossin. That would be awesome. We will reshare your story share and we really, truly, truly appreciate that support. Together, I know we will get to millions of listeners instead of thousands. But by the way, thousands is awesome because I think we started with like 47. Okay. That's how it goes. Started from the bottom. Now we're here. Um, All right. Moving on. I also want to make a little announcement, which is pretty exciting if I do say so myself. I mean, for me and for anybody that's interested in buying it, because I know people say it's so exciting and they have these announcements and it's like, meh. I don't know if that was exciting to everybody, (laughs) but this one is exciting to me. I hope it is to you too. Small Biz Social Society, my membership for ambitious entrepreneurs that want that ongoing help and support and guidance with social media is opening back up. I closed the enrollment for a little while because quite frankly, ever since I started the membership in like the late summer of 2020, I've been constantly promoting it. Um... On social media, just, you know, organic promotion, just talking about it a lot. And I just needed to like chill for a bit and have some time where I just devoted to the members that are already there, the original founding members that I love you guys oh so much. And um, I just wanted to chill for a bit. So the enrollment's been closed, but it's going to open back up on March 22nd. Okay. So here's the deal. It's only going to be open up for a short period of time because again, having enrollment open constantly, I have found it was just, it's just a lot of work, you know? Um, it's just a lot. And I feel like it's important to also have time periods where we can truly focus on the people that are already in the membership. So it's going to open on March 22nd. It's going to close shortly thereafter. What you want to do to stay up to date is you want to make sure you're on my email list. All right. So go to brittanycrossoncom slash join email and join there. If you're already on my email list, yay, yay. Thank you. And you are going to get all the updates on when and how you can enroll in Small Biz Social Society. Okay, and I'm going to put this out in the universe. I've never said it publicly before, but here we go. 
my goal by the end of 2021 is to have 500 members in small biz social society. It's a lot. It's a big goal. I'm, I mean, I'll be the first to say it. It's it's big. <laughs> it's that's a lot of people, but I think we can do it. I think we can do it. You know, I mean, I know there are a total of 500 people that could use the help from this membership because it's. It's something that you can rely on to always be there for you. It's not complicated. I structured the membership in a way so that it's not a set path. So members don't have to like, quote unquote, keep up. You know, there's no schedule per se. It's just a ton of resources about social media and online marketing at your fingertips whenever you want it. You know, so every single month I do a live training and I take all of your questions and answer them right there in the live training about, you know, different topics. It's a different topic each month. I also have a new guest speaker every single month. And these guests have been fabulous, if I do say so myself. Really and truly, each one has offered so much insight and they're so, they're so successful in their, in their, um, parts of the industry and what they do. And they've really brought a lot to the membership. And there's also tutorials, there's made for you content, like captions that you can just use in your own social media. You can just take them and use them. Um, Images and graphics and things that are already created that you can just use. There's just a lot of stuff for you jam packed there at a really, really, really affordable price. So I feel very confident that 500 people could most definitely be in Small Biz Social Society by the end of 2021. And when that happens, everybody that's a member is we're going to have like, we're going to have a celebration. We're going to have a party for sure. Got to celebrate that. Okay, moving on. Speaking of celebrations, celebration is going to definitely have to happen soon when I reach 10,000 Instagram followers. So, I'm very close right now. Um, I'm like 600 and something followers away from from hitting 10,000. And I it's very exciting. Look, I'm not even going to play it cool. Just like I told you guys a couple episodes ago about the viral videos, not even going to try to play that cool. Whenever you have a viral video, it's very exciting. So the thought of having 10,000 Instagram followers to me is very, very exciting. And I want to share some insight on that with you because I think it's really important to talk about. Um, follower count is like one of the most common and most popular topics in all of social media marketing, right? People talk about it and people feel very strongly about follower count. Some people feel very strongly that the follower count matters. Some people feel very strongly that the follower count does not matter. I am per usual in life in between in the gray area, because in my opinion, life is pretty much a gray area. It really depends on the situation, but I really want to speak to why I'm so excited to be approaching this 10,000 follower mark on Instagram. Now, first of all, if you're not familiar, the reason why it's it's such a milestone on Instagram is because for one, it looks cool. I mean, you know, your follower account is going to say 10 K instead of like 9,320, you know, it's, it's, it's cool. It looks cool. <laughs> but you also get the swipe up feature in your stories. So um, when people are watching your Instagram stories, you can actually have a feature where if they swipe up during that story, it will take them directly to somewhere that you've linked that story. So if you're selling something, for example, and you're talking about it in that Instagram story, and you can say swipe up to buy, they will swipe up right then and there. And it will take them to the website where they buy like right there directly. So it's a really, really cool feature to have. Um, But I think it's also just kind of like the 10,000 thing on Instagram, just kind of, it's just kind of this milestone that kind of stands for something. And it's, it's exciting. You know, it's like on Peloton. I know a lot of you guys are also Peloton lovers like I am. When you hit your, your century ride, right? Your 100th ride. It's just this moment. It's a cool moment. But the reason why the reason why it matters to me is one, I, I mean, I'm all about celebrating. So let's just celebrate whatever. Let's, you know, celebrate the opening of an envelope. Like it's all, like whatever. I'm down for a party. But also, I've worked fucking hard to grow this Instagram account organically on my own. All right. And there's something to be said for that. And I don't know. I don't know all the details about people that don't do it organically. I know. 
I don't know who does it. I, it's hard to tell sometimes. Sometimes it's easy to tell. I don't know. It's it's a weird situation. But some people do, um, you know, have fake followers and, or hire services where you basically get fake followers, where it means like there's all these accounts that follow this this account, but maybe those accounts aren't really actually legitimately run by individual people. You know, they're they're just set up to be these follower accounts and you know, using these bots and these weird things and just so that you have the big number and you didn't really actually work for it. (laughs) I celebrate because I have worked for it and I started, okay, so I started using Instagram just at all in 2011. It, it was created, it came out in 2010. I started using it in 2011 for fun. Uh, My son had just been born I was not doing like online social media business yet or anything. Um, I just love social media for fun. And so I used it for fun for a while. Well, about, I'd say about 2016 is when I really started using social media for business and trying to figure that out, you know, trying to figure out how to sell stuff, how to market stuff, how to even create good content at all. And, you know, so now that's been five years, five years ago. It's taken me five years to get to where I'm approaching 10,000 followers on Instagram. Um, now, I must say, I mean, I, it doesn't take everybody five years to do it, even organically. I know that some people can do it faster, and everybody's story is different. I know that mine, if I had to think of one thing that stands out that really slowed me down, well, first of all, hang on, the first freaking two years were slow just because <laughs> I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, but Beyond that, when I started my company, Fun Love Media, I really had a long stretch where I was super focused on my clients' accounts, and I wasn't really worried about growing my own following. I was really just trying to grow theirs. It was a new company. I really wanted to make sure I did a good job, and I focused and and worked hard and you know, made good stuff for their accounts and all that jazz. So I really focused on that for a long time, and I really put my own growth on the back burner. Um And then, you know, more in like, I guess, about a year ago, you know, beginning of 2020, I really was like, okay, it's time to grow. All right. You've been, you've been skating along here. You've been doing your work and that's all fine and dandy, but you need to grow, Brittany, because that was important to me because of the business model I have, because of my goals. It makes sense for me to want a larger audience. I have a podcast where obviously I told y'all I want to have millions of followers, Um, I sell things that can serve many people at once. Like the membership can serve many people at once. Um, I'm a writer and I'm working on my first full-length book right now, which is very exciting, which can be sold to many people. Uh, My husband and I have a side business where where we're – wine marketers. We're wine reps. And that wine can be sold to many, many, many people. So so it makes sense for me to want to have a larger audience because that means that my businesses can grow along with it. And I know that that is not the case for every single kind of business, and that's okay. And it does take time, so don't be hard on yourself. But when I finally, I'm going to tell you where I really started to see the growth is this micro video content. You know, about a year ago, I really got way more active on TikTok because Instagram Reels weren't, they weren't around yet. And I was like, this is amazing. Us grown adults are just allowed to just go on the internet and dance, sing, and act silly, and do silly skits, and just do whatever the hell we want. And it's like normal. This is acceptable behavior. (laughs) The actor and dancer in me was like, yes, life has finally actually turned into a musical. My dreams are all coming true. So I I had that tool. I recognized this is a tool to grow. And I also finally was like, you know what? You know how to do certain things. In my case, it's performing stuff. I know how to perform in front of an audience. I have years of experience. So I'm going to do that and I'm just going to go with it and I'm just going to go crazy and I'm just going to leave it all on the table. And that's when I started to grow substantially. All those years before, it was slow growth, (laughs) very slow. But beginning of 2020, it started to 
it started to grow faster. And it just kept going and going because I just kept doing what my heart and my gut told me to do when it came to the content creation. I knew I just needed to um, keep at it, keep following my heart and keep performing for these audiences and bringing smiles in it. And it trickled down into all of my business and it helped all of it grow and it still does. So while the kind of like politically correct thing for online marketing professionals, social media marketing professionals to say is it doesn't matter how many followers you have. It's okay. You can make money if you have 412, just as much money as somebody can make if they have 40,000, right? (sighs) Look, I don't disagree with that, especially if you're in the beginning phases. Like it takes a while, right? And there are certain kinds of businesses where it really doesn't matter how many followers you have as long as you have like a little, you know, a little decent number, like a few hundred or something that are actually dedicated and buying from you, then whatever. If they're all buying from you, that's great. But numbers do matter in certain types of businesses. I just gave you examples of mine. Podcast, want it to reach millions of people. Membership, I want to have 500 members by the end of the year. I'm, I, you know, I'm writing a book. I, I'm, I'm starting to do speaking gigs. Like all this stuff is, it, it all can benefit by me having a larger following on social media. So while yes, I agree that maybe it's not the case for every business, I don't want you to be ashamed for celebrating the numbers. If you worked hard to reach 1,000 Instagram followers or 5,000 or 10,000 or even 100,000, you've been working your butt off for that. You deserve to be able to celebrate. Anyway, I will get off my soapbox of going on and on. I just, I just find it's important to talk about these things and explain why it matters to me that I have more followers. I gave you those specific examples for a reason. And then why – it may not matter to other types of businesses. If you're not trying to reach the masses or even a fraction of the masses and you are very local or you have very, very high ticket items, very, very niche, very, very customized, very, very specialized, something like that, and your audience is smaller and you're able to still make uh, great money uh, as a part of your you know, online marketing efforts and all of that, then it's fine. Don't worry about growing. But I wanted to really talk that out um, with you. And we can dig more into this topic another time. Um, Right now, I am going to shut the hell up because I want to get on to my guest. Jennifer Spivak has so much good stuff um, to offer up and teach us about uh, Facebook ads. And she like gives lots of good details. So I don't know, you might want to get out a pen and paper and take some notes because coming up next is my guest, Jennifer Spivak. Today's guest is the CEO and founder of Team Spivak, a high-vibe Facebook ads squad. She has helped hundreds of businesses generate millions of dollars on Facebook and Instagram, with many seeing a 1,000% return on their ad campaigns. Wow, that's amazing. In 2010, she was the victim of domestic violence and left the successful company she had co-founded, But since then, she has built a stable and lucrative business that has provided more financial independence and abundance than she could have ever imagined. I love that. And a fun fact, she's a fellow former cheerleader captain. Go team. (laughs) She's here to share with us three stupid, simple steps for your Facebook ad funnels. Welcome to the Social Sunshine Podcast, Jennifer Spivak. Oh my God. Thank you for having me. And I forgot that I had to give you that fun fact. You were a cheerleader also? Oh, yes. (laughs) <laughs> oh my God, that is amazing. If you, um, if you look on my, um, Instagram or something at some of my videos, you'll be like, Oh, got it. That's a got cheerleader. <laughs> okay, yes, We can, we can spot them a mile away. So totally, cool. totally. <laughs> I, Hey, I, I loved it. It was so fun. And I, oh, it, my I mean, God. <laughs> cheerleading gets it so funny. Cause like, make fun of it right do people like people make fun of like oh cheerleaders whatever you know but I was like this is great I'm having so much fun (laughs) I was so obsessive about it like it's just it's so funny I can see like the energy that I use now to put towards growing my business that like in high school I was like what do I do with all of this oh I know I'm gonna put it into like running my cheerleading team like a business (laughs) lost all my friends because I was a little crazy about it um but yeah oh my god so fun 
That is so, that is so awesome. Okay. So I want to let you in your, um, in your own words, just, you know, tell everybody what it means that you're a Facebook ad squad and all that stuff, but like, let everybody know, just in case you're not familiar, what that means, what you do. Yeah. You know, and it's funny, I I play around with using squad or like other terms like this, because there's so many things that don't work about agencies. And I've really tried to like build my business from the ground up, like a, a, avoiding a lot of those those things but but yes I mean plain and simple we're an advertising agency we are an all-female advertising agency and we work almost exclusively with other female entrepreneurs as clients we run their Facebook and Instagram advertising campaigns and you know really for us Facebook and Instagram are our tools and they work really well but what we focus on and, and what our eye is really on is building out systems for our clients that put them in control of their own growth. Okay, cool. So like that's, fa- okay, hang on. Now you've intrigued me before we dive into our topic. What do you mean by that? Can you give me an example? Yes. So, um, oh, well, you know what? The best example is me, which is primarily what we're going to talk about. So hold on. Yeah. Another example, because we're going to get there. I mean, look, really what it is, yeah. is like I said, Facebook, Instagram, they're marketing. It's a marketing channel, just like any other marketing channel, right? And so um, those things are nice. And, you know, over time they change, something else may work better. Like for me, those, the channels aren't the point. They're just the tool. Ultimately, you know, we see ourselves as experts in paid marketing so that our clients can ultimately build out a system that might be you know, a particular ad into a particular funnel, I use the word system to describe that, um, that ultimately allows them to say, every time I spend X, I make Y. Every time I spend $500, I close a client. Every time I spend $10, you know, somebody signs up for my event. When you know those numbers about your business and you essentially have a tool or a dial that you can turn up or down and that's your paid marketing campaign, you're in control of your own growth. You can make as much or as little rarely ever as little, right? But as much as you want, you can turn the dial up or down. You can say, I'm actually going to pull back on lead gen this month because I'm taking vacation. Like you really have that sense of control, which I think is like such an entrepreneurial dream. Um, And, you know, it just makes growth feel like really clear and direct. And there's never that question mark of like, "Hmm, how am I going to get to the next revenue goal? You look at your numbers, you look at the data, you, you know, project what you need to spend and you make it happen. Right. Okay. Thank you. I love that. I knew that that would, that would be helpful to explain that a little bit more because um, like I told you before we started recording, I don't specialize in, in Facebook ads and it's really more of the creative side and the content side. And so I love learning about that and making sure everybody understands what that means. Cause a lot of people listening, I mean, there's, there's all different levels, I guess, of of business owners listening really, but a lot of people I know are beginners and that whenever they hear you say, that you could actually get to that point where you could be like, I know that when we do this, this is going to be the result. Like that's, that sounds like magic. Amazing. Yes. And I, I, I love that you're sharing. Cause then that gives everybody hope. Like you can get to that point where you have these systems in place. Yeah. But, I mean, look, I just think, I think ultimately that that should be the goal. If you are running ads and not looking at them in that way, there's missed opportunity as, right. as, far as I'm concerned. And look, it's not like you can just like, you know, take an offer that hasn't been validated and a funnel that doesn't work and just turn on ads and that happens magically. I'm not saying <laughs> it's necessarily easy, but it can be that simple. Right, right. No, I understand. That's awesome. Okay, thank you. Um, okay, so let's um, let's dive into the topic. Three stupid, simple steps for your Facebook ad funnels. So go for it. What's, what's number one? Like, what are, what are we doing? Help us okay, out so, here. So it really is. So again, I like, I love to uh, describe this through the, the lens of the funnel that I'm using to grow my business. I have really specific, super exciting numbers to share and it perfectly supports what we were just talking about around being in control of your own growth. So it is this um, three-step funnel that I use um, in my own business. Plain and simple, what we're doing is we're sending ads to cold people, people who don't know us, and, you know, here's the first part that sort of like breaks the rules. I do a lot of that in my marketing and funnels and life. Um, and so the first, that first piece is we're actually sending people who don't know us directly to a page to book a call. Um, totally like defies what you're like, quote unquote, supposed to do with your marketing, right. how things are like supposed to work. Um, one thing I will say, and I always like to clarify 
Um, I am not, nor would I ever be, you know, on your podcast or anywhere saying like, this is what everybody should do. Like, right. It's unique to each person. It's something that works for me. And what I have learned uh, kind of in the process of doing it is that it especially works really well for anybody that is selling a high ticket done for you offer because done for you buyers behave differently. They don't want the webinar, the lead magnet. They're so far from being a DIYer that that actually deters them and you will by default be attracting the wrong people into your funnel and into your system. So because I know I am going after high level people that just want the right person to do it for them, that is why the sort of the first piece of the funnel is just this really simple ad targeting people who don't know me and sending them directly into um, a page where they can book a call with me. Okay. I love that. Okay. Yay. Let's keep this. Yeah. Is, I'm like, ner- I'm marketing nerding out over here. <laughs> yes, you should wait till I get to the numbers. We're like, so going to nerd out. I'm very excited. Um, and so, you know, some people into this page, it's kind of like a little bit of a long firm sales page. It's got a lot of information on myself and my agency, obviously credibility places we've been featured, case studies, testimonials, all that goodness. Um, a lot of stuff around like our personality, quite frankly, as an agency, which is something we lead with a lot. We are still very much a bit of a personal brand, even though I do, you know, have a team of 11. Um, And so people go from that page directly into the booking form where they can actually, they start filling out an application. And after the application is where they have the option to get on my calendar. And so this application form is actually a really important piece of the entire funnel because it's Facebook. We're going to get a mixed bag. Um, People want to believe that there's like uh, this perfect Facebook targeting out there. And most of the time, what I end up explaining is the targeting doesn't actually work the way that you think it does. Like there's no such thing as perfect targeting. So actually we use things like the copy, the messaging on the landing page, and in this funnel, very much so the application questions and how they are worded and that appropriately deters the wrong people and make sure that only the right people are getting access to my calendar. So like a great example, and this sounds extreme to people when they're hearing it for the first time, the exact investment to work with my team and I is actually mentioned three times in the form because I found that one was not enough and two is not enough. And three was the magic number where people actually got it and paid attention and were super price qualified by the time they're even. Okay. So you're literally listing the price right then, which I I like that. I know that people have all, you know, you know, people have all different opinions about price. I like that. I like to just be like, boom, like if you're not ready to spend blah, blah, blah. Exactly. Good riddance. Exactly. And I think to your point, you know, there is so much out there around, should you do that or shouldn't you do that? And I'm not saying you should, I'm saying that's what actually feels really good for me. It sounds like it would be something that would feel really good for you too. And for somebody else who like kind of feels like that's icky, then they probably shouldn't do it. So it's just really tuning in and saying, Hey, I love the idea of being super upfront and transparent about kind of everything, right? And then ultimately what that allows me to do is I don't have to really run my sales calls like sales calls because I'm not really selling them. It's more like you've got the information, you've seen the case studies, you know how we work, who we are, you know what we charge. Let's like connect and see if there's synergy and it's like all good if there's not. And that is also something that just feels really good to me. Right. Oh my gosh. I love this so much. (laughs) So, so again, people fill out the application. Um, They're able to then go ahead and, and get a spot on my calendar. And then this last piece is, I don't know, maybe it's a little bit of the rule breaking piece, but it's just something that people do different that I do differently than other people. Um, It feels like very much in the industry when you're driving to a phone call or sales call that the marketing kind of stops at that point. Like, oh, they've booked like, okay, great. Like it's done. Like, hmm, it's actually just beginning. And you know, what most people have are the automated reminder emails from Calendly or schedule once or whatever it is, which are boring and they don't stand out. And so I've got those. And I've also got this entire nurture sequence that runs from the time when people book um, leading up to when their call is, as well as obviously Facebook retargeting ads that also support that in that same time frame, so that um, they're kind of seeing me everywhere and really getting to know me and who I am leading up to the call, so that what ends up happening, people show up to my sales calls and they say things like, 
I didn't know you existed like two days ago, literally. Um, and today I would like to pay you and be your best friend. Like, is that a possible thing that we could do? And like, just think if your sales call started that way, like that's like almost unfair. Like we're just like hanging out. Um, and you know, the best part is that this whole system is like kind of set it and forget it. Like it just runs. Um, there isn't really much that I have to do. It really feels like I'm like, you know, everywhere, especially for the people that are booking and then seeing the retargeting ads and seeing the emails and all of that, but it's a hundred percent automated. And at the end of the day, I'm actually going to go look at the numbers right now because I update them regularly. And I want to give you like 100% the most up-to-date data. So, okay, here we are. Awesome. So to date um, on this particular um, ad campaign and funnel. And this is over the last about a year, maybe a little bit over a year that I've been running it. Um, we've spent $22,700. So for anyone who feels like that sounds like a lot, it's actually less than $2,000 a month. We're really not spending anything super crazy. I average around 1500, give or take. Um, from that $22,000, we have closed $529,500, um, in business that does partially like little pieces of that do include renewals. Obviously the fact that, you know, clients can continue and work right. with us over a long period of time definitely helps. So that's just true. Um, but at the end of the day, I have a 23 times return on my ad spend, which is like basically unheard of. And actually what's more exciting to me than that, because I kind of hate when like all the bro marketers out there are like 100,000 times return on it. I was like, okay, those are just numbers, <laughs> whatever. What actually feels most exciting to me is that I now have a year's worth of data that basically supports and backs up and validates. Every time I spend about $600, I will get a new client. And so, you know, this is a funnel and this is a system that took us from mid six figures to our first seven figure plus year. Um, literally like was the difference maker. And, you know, as we're looking at going from, you know, 1.1 million to 3 million this year, which is the goal. And I love saying it on podcast because I just feel like, and so it is. Um, yes. <laughs> I know exactly what I need to, like, there's no question mark. There's no like, ooh, like what's my, like, what's my plan to do? I just have to spend $600 right. to get a new client and just keep doing that. Like it makes business growth easy and fun. And so much of this just kind of like runs by itself. Obviously I did put in the work up front to really perfect all the moving pieces, but now it does just kind of run and I'm in total control of my own growth. Right. Um, okay. I love this so much. I love, I love that you brought this up about like, now you have learned, it takes some learning, but you have learned what, like in this case, what you need to do, what you need to spend, like a very specific thing that then is going to result in this other thing, because yeah. I think that or I know that a lot of people, including myself before, I've only in the past, like almost year, have I really started to kind of simplify things in that way, because I feel like we overcomplicate it in business where we're like, I don't know, I need more business and what am I going to do and like, or whatever. And really, like you said, if we really just like calm down <laughs> and simplify things and learn from what's worked and then keep doing that and not try to reinvent the freaking wheel every time. And yeah. then, and then you can really break like, like if somebody says, like, if I said, oh, well, I want to make a million dollars this year. Okay. So I have this type of thing. I sell this type of thing. This type of, how many of those do I need to sell? And what do I need to do? You know, like you can really break it down. And yes. I, I love that. Cause I don't think a lot of people think of that, at least not in the first years, you know? Yeah. A hundred percent, you know, and I think it's a combination of being very numbers oriented and focused. And look, I think the smartest business owners know how to do that, how to get really focused on the numbers and the data and the metrics, because that is like the truth, I guess, at the end of the day. And the other piece of it is I just have this perspective of, I don't know, sometimes this comes out a little bit weird, but like, I don't want to work that hard. And like, by that, I mean, obviously like, you know, running yeah. my company, right? Like I didn't get to seven figures, like, you know, not putting in the work, but I'm always looking for the easiest, almost laziest way to accomplish something and to get something done. And so, you know, I think about like so much of the advice out there around like being visible, for example, is like, you have to do all the things like here's like 75 different channels and you have to show up 65 times a day on each of them, like while also somehow making time to like listen to people talk on Clubhouse. And you also should like have a family and, you know, like, right, like do all of the things and like no right. pressure, like just, you know, go ahead. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and again, 
I don't want to say ever say anything exclusively about any one, you know, strategy or person or business, because there are people I know who feel really good about showing up on social media every day. And that's awesome. I don't, I don't like that. I like to show up when I feel like showing up. And so what ads allows me to do is really, really simplify and kind of make it look like I'm working really hard. <laughs> like I'm everywhere, like I'm showing up all the time when really I'm like creating a couple of key pieces of content and then using, you know, strategy and a little bit of money to get that in front of the right people at the right time on autopilot. Okay. Okay. I just thought of two questions I want to ask you. Yeah. Now, I don't want you to give away all your secrets, you guys. Okay. If you want to work with her, you contact her, but I do want to get a little bit of, um, yes. It, like just a general advice, I guess. Yeah. So I know it's hard to talk about the budget of an ad campaign because yes. it, I know there's so many variables. I know all that stuff, but is there a number where somebody said, oh, I only have this, yeah. that you'd, you'd be like, well, you're not ready yet. You know what I mean? Like what if somebody was like, I really only have $50 a month yeah. extra. Would you say you're not ready yet? Is there some Definitely sort of just general ready. guideline or no? I mean, you're definitely not ready if you only want to spend $50 a month. Here's the thing. There are so many levels and layers of quote unquote doing ads, right? Are you running them yourself? Is, you know, a freelancer running them for you? Is an agency like mine running them for you? Because you're going to have different sort of requirements or recommended spends at each of those levels. If you are not a fan of DIYing this um, because it's so easy to do. And then in fact, so easy to do wrong. Um, however, <laughs> just like, um, business in general. Yes. Anyone yeah, can yes. have a business and bad news. Anyone can have a business. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but if you are DIYing, you know, you could in theory spend like $10 a day, you know? So we're talking about a couple hundred a month. I would say that's like the bottom. If sure. you're not able to spend at least a couple hundred dollars a month, like, you know, hold on to that money, go be scrappy, get clients that way and wait until you can kind of okay. you know, more into ads. Um, right. You know, what I can speak to specifically for my agency is that we have an absolute bottom minimum of two to $3,000 per month in ad spend. Um, and, and not even just from a place of like, you know, that's our minimum just because we made it up, but it doesn't make sense to invest in my team and our level of expertise if we don't right. have the flexibility to, you know, test different things. Otherwise, we're going to be creating all these amazing, beautiful assets and we don't have the funds to actually effectively split test them. So, right. right. Okay. I understand. Yeah. And I ask you that mostly because I know that people listening are hearing different things a lot and don't know what's right and don't know. So if someone had told them say, Oh, sure. You could, you know, it just, you know, a couple dollars a day, it'll, it'll do something. Then now they know that's probably not true. Hey, there's, yeah. there's no guarantees, but that's probably not true. And that's what I was looking for was to help guide someone so that they weren't uh, had false hopes, you know, <laughs> sure. and if I could just add one thing too, I, I also, cause we get asked that question all the time. What I'm constantly educating clients and prospects on is to me, that's the wrong question, right? Because like, how much should you spend? Like, how long is a piece of string? Like, I don't like it's, it's, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Like, what does your business look like? What's your customer lifetime value? What's the life cycle of a customer? How long is it like knowing those numbers obviously you have to start somewhere, right? And that's why we have that two to three grand a month minimum because clients want some sort of guidance. And so we say, look, it's gotta be at least that we start somewhere, but really it's in looking at it as this system and this spend X and get Y, we're looking to get as close to that as possible, as quickly as possible. And then instead of the, oh, what should I spend? And it's like a totally random arbitrary question. It's, well, I want to make $100,000 during my next launch. And I have data ballpark to support that this is how much it's going to cost to get somebody to opt in for the training. This is my conversion rate here. So let me backtrack and figure out, and then this is what I need to spend. And that's just like a way more sophisticated um, approach. Right. Okay. Okay, cool. Thank you. Um, that's really helpful. So, so what about, um, what about like, okay, so say somebody's ready to work with you guys they're, they're excited. They're into this. What are you going to like, basically what you recommend that they use as the ad image? Um, does it depend upon the industry or what they do? Like, you know what I mean? Like versus like showing yeah. the person's face versus yeah. not, is there, is, yeah. are there things y'all do recommend on that? So again, like I, this goes back to, I'm so not a fan of this is what everybody should do. This is what's working best. 
anybody that says that, by the way, like, I don't know, to me, like my BS meter goes off a little bit um, because who's to say, I mean, we're working at any given time, you know, let's say with around 40 clients. So we have the luxury of seeing different images, different funnels, different everything, and seeing like the most random things work across different types of clients, like even things that maybe shouldn't make sense. And so again, it's almost like, hmm, I think that's the wrong question. I think the, like a better question or a more forwarding question is, what are all the different options that could ultimately work and through the lens of work to me like the baseline is at least somewhat on brand right like don't like just like do a picture of a cute cat because you think that's going to get good clicks if it has nothing right like something that like is is um related to what you do at least a little bit on brand um and you know has elements of pattern interruption which just means something like bright colors things that can really stand out nicely in the news feed and then within that, come up with a couple of different options for testing. Going back to this conversation of like so much of this is about data, it's also like reading and understanding and interpreting the data. And what's so cool about marketing through um, you know the paid advertising functionality on Facebook and Instagram is we get real time feedback and like almost like real time market research um, from potentially thousands of people very very quickly. So I would never, you know, anytime we're running ads for clients, we're starting out sometimes developing 10 to 30 different pieces of creative. Now we're not going to test all of those at one time if we only have $2,000 a month, but we're going to systematically kind of roll each of them in. And rather than assume that we know what's going to work, because I don't really believe that anyone ever does, let's let the people, let's let the data actually speak for itself. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Cool. Um, that's great. That's all going to be, I know that's going to be so helpful to people listening that are like, maybe they're ready to take that leap, but they don't know what what does it involve? What am I going to have to do? You know, all that, all that kind of stuff. Um, before we wrap it up, I would love to just give you a chance to speak freely on just Facebook and, and Instagram ads. Um, on like maybe misconceptions or myths or things, weird things mm-hmm. that people, you know what I mean? Like people, things people think or things people do. And you're like, yes. oh my God, why did yes. you do that? Like anything like that. I think it'd be interesting to hear yes. your story. Okay. So this like, I'm going to try and make this come out in a way that makes sense and I'll <laughs> myself, but something I've been kind of, you know, thinking about a lot lately is how do I say this? Oh my God. Like trying to think of the best words. Um, there's kind of no such thing bear with me, of a Facebook ad working or not working. And what I mean by that is people put all of this weight and pressure on like, let's just say a Facebook ad, for example, right? Like it's going to like do this magical thing for my business. It's going to transform everything. It's going to make me a million dollars because I heard from someone else that that did that, that they, that, you know, that it did that for them. And, you know, at the end of the day, I mentioned this before, like ads, it's a, it's just a channel. That's it. It's literally just a, just a promotional channel, just like everything else. I don't know why people get like so crazy about Facebook ads as being some magic thing. It obviously has potential to be amazing, but again, just a channel. And so, so often when we are running ads and it's not working and it's not converting, it's not the ad. Cause at the end of the day, again, the ad is just the vehicle to bring people in to your world. If the system you're bringing people into is not working, is not effective, does not communicate to people the right thing in the right way, does not honor the customer decision journey they want to go through, doesn't have an offer that people actually want, the ad is irrelevant. It does not matter. You are just bringing more people and getting more eyeballs to a thing that functionally and structurally doesn't work. And so, you know, the best thing you can do to prepare for running ads is building and validating a funnel, a system, a structure, a process, an offer that you know with absolute certainty, give or take, we never know with absolute certainty, right? But like, at least it's been validated. People want it. You know how to communicate it in a way that moves people forward. You have a sense of the customer lifetime cycle. Like, do they just like discover you day one and buy from you day two? Or do they need to be warmed up a little bit? And so again, you don't have to know these things like perfectly, but have a sense. Like I say all the time, again, you know, not always this black and white, but I don't think you should even be thinking about ads until you hit low six figures, because quite frankly, your business has not been validated enough. Again, okay. grain of salt, like, you know, if you have a really low ticket product, you may have thousands, you know what I mean? Like it, it sure, could go, sure. right. But, but right. more or less, like you really want to be at a minimum that low six figure mark, have that validation, 
have spoken to people that bought your thing or didn't buy your thing. So you can improve and make the whole system and foundation and structure better. When that is there, it is not possible for an ad to not work. You're just right. Like it's, you know, and it's so right, crazy. Right. I don't know if you feel this at all with what you do, but the like pressure, every ads agency owner that I know is like, are we okay? Like, do we need like a mental health for like, you know, ads managers? Because clients are just like, here's my business. You're going to make it work. Right. And it's like, okay, whoa, like way to just step out of your own responsibility here. We're in partnership. Let's figure this out together. It's not like we're just doing the ads and saying you're on your own with the rest. We work with our clients to help figure out all of those pieces, but I can't create your offer. If people fundamentally don't want your offer, like if, if, if I'm creating your business for you, then I should just do it myself and have, you know what I mean? Like, and you owe me a little more money. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so it's just like, it, that's, you know, that's me and my soapbox, right? No, I, I, I do see that a lot. And unfortunately I've even, I even had clients that I realized later really thought that, cause with my stuff is it's social media management stuff. And like I told you, creative stuff, like actually yeah. creating the content that they're yeah. sharing and a lot of times they do really hope that it's like a magic pill that, yeah. so, you know, so like they're already struggling, but maybe I didn't know that till later. 100%. And, and they think that what I was going to do was going to just magically make everything better. And you're so right. That goes for anything in online marketing at all. Like the business itself has to be solid. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be multi-million dollar. It doesn't have to be fancy, but it needs to be solid. At least the, like one thing you're doing, you don't have to do a million things, right? Like if you do one thing, do it good. Then the the online marketing supports that and then like helps it, you know, flourish and grow. Yes. A hundred percent. So yeah, I mean, like that would be my one thing, like know that, um, you know, know what ads, is and is not designed to do. You know, the flip side of it is every once in a while, we do have a client who comes in like from scratch with nothing. And it doesn't mean that we won't work with them, but it just means that like, it's then my job to clearly set the expectation of this could take six to 12 months. And if you're like game for that process of like continuously refining and tweaking until we find what works, great. But most new business owners don't have 12 months of ads meant, right? And so they come in with these crazy expectations that are just simply unrealistic. Your foundation and knowing how to run your business and what your offers are, are like the most important thing. When that is locked in, you could invest in any type of marketing. It's very likely going to work. Right. I love that. I'm so glad that you talked about that. Um, Okay. This is, this is so good. Like I told you, I was, I was nerding out. I learned a lot. I know everybody listening learned a lot. Um, I would love if you don't mind, I didn't plan to ask you this, but you said you're an open book. So, (laughs) so I would love to hear about just like a couple minutes to give somebody some inspiration or some hope that's gone through something hard. Cause obviously you have, we all have, you know, and, and you did. And so, but then when I was, you know, when I read all your information before we talked, it was talking about like, you had to leave. So you had, you had a domestic violence situation, but then you had to leave a business. Right. So, so then you start a new one. Like to me, I mean, that's really, that's really impressive. And I would love for you to like, just, if you have a little nugget that you can share somebody who's, who's gone through something personally, that then it affects also their business and like your livelihood and how you can pull yourself up from your bootstraps basically. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I get asked questions like that a lot. And I'm very open about sharing my story. I mean, it literally was like in the New York times the other day. So I like really, truly like super open book. Um, that's, that's very open. Yes. Right. It's like fairly (laughs) open. New York times. Relatively, relatively public. Um, (laughs) you know, for me, and this is, it's, it kind of just feels like it's like how I'm, designed and built. So like, you know, yay, great. Like, thankfully. Um, But I am just always so oriented to anytime anything happens, it's like, what was I supposed to learn from this? What, like, it's just, it's such an, it maybe sounds like corny or overplayed, but it's such an automatic for me. And I know that like, when I left that abusive relationship, and then uh, I think it was about a year later, decided that it was time to leave that company, you know, it immediately, instantly, it was like, okay, 
why did this happen? And like, what is supposed to, what am I supposed to make of this? And so I even remember, like, I ended up having to testify in front of the grand jury. Um, and, and my abuser did, you know, go to jail um, for, for a couple of years. And um, I remember when I was prepping with the ADA, he was like, so it like wouldn't hurt if you like looked a little sad and like maybe like cried a little and I was like oh right okay and it was like months later but I was already like what's next what's next what's next like that is just how I'm wired and how I'm designed and so it was like the second I was out of it it was like there is not it's not possible that there wasn't a reason for that right and like I know some people like don't like that everything happens for a reason thing or thinks it's not true and my perspective is I actually don't care if it's true that's an empowering way for me to like exist on this planet so it doesn't yeah. matter if it's true it's what feels good for me and so that's like the story and context that I live inside of and so if there was a reason like I don't see why it wouldn't be like something around my greatness and so I just immediately moved into like let's go like I'm building something because of these things and I think I did a pretty good job and I'm also like still going and it feels good all the time. And yeah, that's just, that's how I pick myself up. I'm like, I'm going to get really freaking empowered around this thing and, and create something amazing. I think we just came best friends. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you wanted an, another best friend, I mean, I'm just saying I'm nominated. You know, every time my, my podcast company, they email after the, they're like, how did it go? I was like, great. So-and-so and I are best friends. This is like actually not the first time that this has happened. So I have a lot of best friends and I really like that. It works. You're magnetizing us to you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. Well, I really appreciate your time. Um, I know it's valuable. I appreciate you being here. I had a lot of fun, learned a lot of good stuff. I know everybody out there did too. I want you to please um, share all the things, tell everybody how they can work with you, how they can find you, how they can follow you, all of it. Yeah. So unsurprisingly to probably nobody, I hang out the most on Facebook. If you want to just find me over there, I'm Jennifer Spivak. And then um, jenniferspivak.com is our website. Um, You can learn all about working with us over there. Okay. Okay, cool. Thanks so much, Jennifer. I appreciate you. Thank you, Brittany. Thanks for listening to today's show, y'all. For more information about the podcast, go to socialsunshinepodcast.com and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And subscribe to the Social Sunshine Podcast YouTube channel. For more information about me, go to brittanycrossin.com and connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and TikTok. The Social Sunshine Podcast is a Fun Love Media production. Funlovemedia.com. Bye.